Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome all to the Executive Edition. I'm your host, Sosa Flo from the Pokey Battle Network, and I'm here interviewing the top trainers and content creators that we have had throughout our entire journey as battlers. My next guest here has been an amazing, consistent content creator who keeps spitting out those Pokemon that you just were like, man, I wonder what it would be like to just run an XL Shadow Ducklet. And this man just does it and gets you a video and shows you how it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Home Slice Henry. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, thank you so much for all that you do. Um, so real quickly, why don't you give the audience a little introduction of who you are? Yeah, I am uh, Home Slice Henry, and yeah, I make uh, content over on YouTube primarily. And yeah, I'm kind of started out as just in the pandemic and whatnot. I was working from home, wasn't didn't really have the ability to go out and do a lot of stuff in lockdown, and was kind of from a creative aspect kind of going crazy clawing at the walls a little bit and i was playing go battle league i had started it up a bit and i was not the best at it but i wanted to do something where i could like connect with people and kind of share in this experience because i was pretty bad at it to be honest i was bad but i was like i want to get better i want to try doing something with my time because if i watch any more hours of netflix just at home i was going to lose my mind so with the with the help of my fiance, who was extremely impactful in terms of like getting me over the fear of like, you want to do this, but what if no one watches? And her being like, well, it doesn't matter. Just if it's going to make you happy, just do it. And I finally got out there and I did it. And I realized that I really enjoyed it. And getting to make content like that is something that I find really like creatively fulfilling. Just the yeah. ability to make fun stuff and run stuff that people may not necessarily expect and just show that there's more than one way to play the game. Cause I know in this game, a lot of the time we can get mad stressed out. I mean, it's go bad league. It can be stressful, but mm -hmm. just showing that sometimes mm -hmm. you can just kick back, run some fun stuff. And there's like a different way you can play where obviously if you want to push for leaderboards or whatnot, that's great. But if you also just want to run fun stuff, you definitely can. 
Preach, preach. I totally agree with you on that. It's not you don't always have to just copy the one line. I think at the beginning of that pandemic era, I think in order to really like battle and go battle league, you had to wake up and just find out what like the three or four content creators were running, and you basically just saw the same things over and over again. Uh, so bringing in that extra like new point of view, new Pokemon, kind of a different look at how to battle it out is really lovely. As a Spice battler myself, I love it when you can see other aspects as it because some battlers are tank Pokemon battle users. Some battlers are more attack weighted, go for your shield Pokemon battle users. So the fact that you are giving us content like this to give us as much of many Pokemon as possible. My guy, XL uh, Wilmer was your latest one. <laughs> like, how do you have the dust? How do you, you already have a 50 gold Dango? Like, I just did my first lure party and I, I'm like still 800 shy of my first gold Dango. The uh, gold Dango at the very least was a lot of walking in below freezing temperatures uh, for those gimme gold bags. I live I, I, I live in the Midwest in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and it's still aggressively winter. So yeah. just basically getting entirely too many layers of clothes, for, uh, <laughs> walking for that half hour. By the end of the half hour, my hand would actually just be like bright lobster red from how cold it is out there. <laughs> <laughs> from just trying to catch all those gimme goals and then meeting up with locals and doing lore parties. So definitely wasn't easy, but I just, at least from trying out the new stuff early perspective, like the level 50 golden go, like even before I had a channel, like mm -hmm. I actually, now this might be a bit of a surprise. I actually, Pokemon Go was my introduction to the Pokemon franchise as a whole. I didn't Get actually. Get out of here. Yeah. What? I didn't. What? I didn't play growing up, man. And so tell us this story. Sir. Of, tell us all, this story. All right. So all of the like, so back in 2016, when the game first dropped, I was in college at the time. And like when it dropped, I was at the uh, Summerfest Music Festival in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with with my college roommate and our and our like college friend group at the time. And my college roommate was super into Pokemon. So he was like, bro, you have to get this app. And I was like, I, I didn't know anything about Pokemon. I knew like a Pikachu was a thing. And that was about it, to be honest. And then he was like, yeah, you have to get it. And then you had to pick a team. And then he was like, bro, I don't want any beef in the dorm room. You got to pick Team Mystic. So I was like, okay, fine. I didn't know anything about Pokemon. Dang. So I've kind of gotten to grow and experience the, the new generations as they've arrived to go, which has been very cool. Also, the funny thing is, is my roommate gave up the game after like three months. And here I am still playing it. <laughs> but it's been kind of like when when new stuff dropped, it, it it's just been brand new to me. Like yeah. so even before I had a channel, I loved like whenever they would have a new Pokemon drop, I'd go out there, try and find it, try and build it, because it was something brand new. And I was like, yo, that's really hype. And now that I get to do it for like a content perspective, it just ends up working out very well because I can carry over that kind of like I guess childlike joy at something new and then getting to make content on it. But yeah, so yeah. I was, it's, yeah, I've never played any of the main series games. Even now, like I still haven't, unfortunately, but it's been, it's been cool to kind of experience this as the mons come into the game. Cause for me, it's, it's a little bit like Christmas every time some new drops. Cause it's just a brand new Pokemon to me that I'm not familiar with. 
So I I get you up until the first gen. So I got gen. I did gen one at the beginnings, but I okay. like or like gen two. I I did gen two. I was up till Jodo, but like stop. So like all these new poke like this Bruxish and all that stuff, super exciting. And then you see all the yeah. old time like veterans are like, oh this Pokemon, oh, what's this? <laughs> stupid this Pokemon. But then like you play it in like Go Battle League GBL with like Bite and Psychic, and you're like, oh goodbye your life. Yeah, this Pokemon. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with you. And I just, it's, I always wonder as like from somebody who's really dedicated to the game, right? You get to grow with it throughout the years. Like, is it still as enjoyable as like when you and I get to see a new Pokemon? It's like the great, it's like Christmas. You like, you're just so happy. You're like, Oh my God, a new thing to play, a new toy to play with a new shiny thing. And I just think that's so crazy that the entire concept of Pokemon has just been so new to you and so exciting for you. And the fact that you're now, you know, a content creator doing it up, like not just any, like a good content creator doing it up (laughs) and helping and consistently bringing out great stuff like that. Like, like you said, like it's just so funny when you talk about, you know, you say your roommate bailed after two or three months and you're still doing it. Like that's just the beauty of the game sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. It's if you had asked me like five years ago where I thought I'd be, it definitely wouldn't be here. But I'm incredibly grateful that it turned out this way where I'm able yeah. to make make content full time. And it's genuinely probably the coolest job that I ever could ask for because I awesome. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do post college and like I worked mm-hmm. in like in I I worked in insurance for quite a while and that was like a job that paid the bills but wasn't really something that like I was super passionate about but then being able to do this has just been incredible amounts of fun and getting to combine not only just the battling aspect of it but i would say almost what i prefer even a bit more is the shout casting aspect of it like to start with it was just my own battles me trying fun stuff mm-hmm. and now there's other people who were like yo henry i have some heat for you my guy <laughs> i have i have this crazy spice <laughs> and then they'll like send in a submission and i can shout cast it because being able to shout cast and bring that yeah. hype to those battles is something that I'm I'm very passionate about as well because good battles by themselves can have excitement, but I like being able to try and bring that extra X factor of having a caster that can bring the battles to life even in a bigger way. Like it's something I grew up watching a lot of sports, and you can definitely tell in those big sports moments they can be like it doesn't matter how good of a play can be on the field, it can always be elevated by a great caster, mm-hmm. and that's a goal of mine is to to try and elevate moments like that and get people excited about the game because if you can bring it in and like bring in potentially new people who haven't played the played the battle aspect of it before because obviously there's they have millions and millions of people who play go not a lot of people well or at least comparatively to the total amount of players are playing the battle league aspect of it so showcasing that and showcasing it in a way where it seems fun and engaging to get people starting on that learning process because the uh, learning curve isn't the most friendly but (laughs) in the long run like it can be just it's something that i definitely want to help try and grow the community and just show people that this can be an aspect of the game that can be incredibly exciting yeah, I mean, you've got the great energy voice. Uh, I watched your first video um, just recently, and the 
quality as 100% di- you know uh, <laughs> a factor it sounded like you're call- talking through old timey radio but as I, was, I was i was right? yeah. yeah i had i had this old old terrible quality headset yeah it uh, <laughs> sounded like it was like a uh, world war 2 radio broadcast yeah. out here oh, and I'm i a- was and I was honestly just very nervous and apprehensive about making videos for the first time. Like it's something I wanted to do, but like, I mean, as someone who you mentioned that you make content yourself, like I imagine you can probably relate to it. Like it can take a certain bit to like find the confidence, but also just kind of find your voice in regards to all of that and find your niche and how you want to present your content. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I thought your energy in that video, even though it was a terrible quality audio. <laughs> just dominated everything and it was so exciting and electric as even though like you had like a full tanky chris Celia just waiting to go in the back um the, you, you know you're also the one testing out the boom burst and then watching that i watched the como boom burst uh and the energy and the look completely different like you how long let's get into let's get a little more into the interview then how long did it take for you to find your voice because you found say, your you found your viewership, you found your fanship immediately, but how long did it take you to find your voice? I would say it's kind of been an evolving process over time because at first it was at least finding the way that I wanted to shoutcast the battles is definitely something that I feel like is probably a process that'll never entirely be finished. Like it's always evolving and adapting because I want to be trying new stuff and continuing to see what I can do to up my game. But it's definitely been like, like, as you mentioned, if you listen to like the first ever video to now, there's a definite difference. And then Mm -hmm. it's kind of just been an evolving process over time for sure. And just as I got more comfortable with it, and a lot of that as well has been just getting more comfortable with, with streaming. Because streaming from like an outside perspective seems like if you watch a stream, it seems like, oh, I could do that. You're just talking to people. But in reality, you're talking to yourself into a camera and then just getting comfortable with basically talking to yourself as if there's people there, even though it's just you in a room with a camera is something that over time, as I got more comfortable with that, that helped me a lot more with being able to kind of be me i guess and then kind of let that 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 tip in this go away for a bit because it can definitely be a bit of an adjustment if you haven't done it before but just being able to be comfortable talking to like when i first started there wasn't really a lot of people in stream but honestly i was mainly doing it because i enjoyed it so i was getting comfortable with kind of describing what i'm doing trying to keep people engaged if they were there has been really nice and then as the audience continued to grow just making sure to kind of stick to what i'm doing in that regard where even if like my goal with shoutcasting is even if people are doing something like let's say they are they have the video on they have i don't know like that wireless airpods in and they're like cooking dinner and they're like cutting up some vegetables or whatever so they're probably looking at the vegetables so they don't like chop their hand off mm-hmm. like they can still hear the shoutcasting and know what's going on without yeah. seeing the battles because i feel like if if you can describe it in that way that that helps people who have to look away for a moment or as well also people who are a lot newer 
and might be trying to understand Go Battle League, kind of explaining to them what's happening as it's happening. Because I imagine if you don't know what's happening in Go Battle League, it all just seems very fast. And, and you may not understand all of those like like split second, very precise decision making that's done in games. Mm. Tell us about it. How many of your friends and family still ask, still tell you, even though you've been more precise on telling what's going on, how many of them still go, I put on your show and it was sounding like you're talking a whole other language, but <laughs> it was great. Yeah, my uh, parents, I mean, they've been very, very supportive with it, with, uh, which has been nice because it's definitely like not what I went to school for and whatnot. Cause obviously you don't really, you don't really go to school for a degree in, in, in Pokemon, but they've right. been, yeah, they don't necessarily, cause obviously they didn't play the games either. So for them, it's a bit more like, as you mentioned, like a whole different language, but they've been very like understanding and supportive throughout the process, which has been awesome. That's wonderful. Good. That's great that you have supporting parents too. I mean, yeah, no parent wants to see their child not go on a good track, but if the track is actually going to be good and Pokemon is actually going to help you, then yeah, by all means, go for it. Do what you got to do. And you make great content. It's always fun to put on your, a little one of your shows and just watch you run this set line through GBL. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's definitely been a long road to get here, but um. I'm happy to be where I'm at now, where basically for a while, I kind of did it for, I was streaming and putting out videos every couple days for, I think like six or so months. And then I ended up actually part of the reason how I ended up getting to where I am now is we talked about earlier, the, how I just really liked finding new Pokemon when, when they released. And I think it was, hold on, I'm going to pull up my app so I can get the exact date here. We had, in December of 2020, Greninja dropped. And keep in mind, as we discussed, I didn't know Pokemon. So I see this, like, dope-looking frog Pokemon, and I'm like, this thing is sick. I want to find one. And I was working from home at the time, so I went out on my lunch break, and then I see that that, that Froakie shadow on the nearby mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm taking a detour because you know how, how, how like when, when it's a new shadow, it shows from like way further away. So I drive like pretty, pretty decently out of my way, catch it, check the IVs, zero, 14, 13. And I was like, I am, I'm, I'm rare candying this tonight. And I put out a video and it just so happened that I was the first of like any content creator to have a video out just off of pure luck. And then Greninja, which I then learned after the fact is like a big fan favorite in the series. And that's kind of how my channel was discovered and blew up. Like I had done video streams for six months, had like 300 subscribers. I woke up the next morning and I was at one K it was just the craziest thing ever. And just out of kind of, it feels like kind of out of nowhere where I didn't feel like I did anything different, but I just tried to keep it consistent. And then from there, it's just been continuing to grow the channel and see what I can do. And then eventually I decided I wanted to try and go full time. So then I started posting daily videos, but I also didn't leave my job. So I was basically working two full-time jobs for a while where I'd work eight to four 30 Monday to Friday. And yeah. then I would be streaming four times a week and putting out daily videos. So I was basically working like 60 to 70 plus hour weeks between the two, but then eventually got to the point where in October of this past year, I was finally 
my actual job is going through restructuring and whatnot. And I'm like, I'm just going to jump off the deep end and try it. And it's been, it's been definitely an adjustment, but I'm beyond grateful and don't know what I did to get to this point, but I'm just incredibly grateful to be here. That's an awesome, awesome journey, my man. Gray Ninja. Yeah, I wouldn't know that's a team favorite either. That's great. Like, I love when you, you find the new ones because I went and I found that with uh, Hakamao. Because oh, I wanted to go awesome. hunting for a Hakamao because I, I love dragons. So just like you, like, this looks great. I'm going to go get it. <laughs> but by that point, you know, though technical, though technical had already posted up a video or somebody like that. But uh, I'm not one of those that post, you know, that has all those resources to just build like a maniac. So I've got to ask you, how long do you go grinding? I do a, a decent amount of grinding, but I would mm-hmm. say I oftentimes try and like in terms of to phrase it in the most nerdy way possible in terms of resource accumulation. All right. That sounded awful. <laughs> I uh, sounded try it really I, smarty pants. Like, I, uh, I uh, try out. and like go by the work smarter, not harder. So I'll like grind mm-hmm. really hard during like the boosted dust events and stuff like that. And like during yeah. the go battle days, I'll play all my sets and, I I really try and focus my grinding on events where I where where there's some form of boosted dust, whether it's like this past event that has Paris in it, or like the triple dust calm days or whatever. So those are w- where I'll really try and put my effort in. And then I basically just don't build any raid counters as well. Like I know a lot a lot of people spend dust on like oh I'm I'm gonna build a team of Cartana because it's a really good raid mon, and I'm like I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Now let me ask you this. You started Go Battle League um what season? Were you right there at the beginning of the season? You said you just jumped in just to kill some time in Go Battle League. Is the, and also then is that your was that like is Go Battle League like your main source on your Go Battle days when it comes down to grinding? Yeah, I would say it's it's Go Battle League like during the Go Battle days and then any of those like boosted dust events. Okay. Okay. So you stream, wow, 70 hours. That's, I, I understand that. And good for you. It's just, you get a set schedule for that, folks. If you're trying to do that, make sure you have a set schedule for that. Absolutely. If you don't have a set schedule, then it's not, you're shooting yourself in your foot trying to live stream. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would definitely not recommend my path. Cause I kind of, <laughs> I kind of overdid it to the point where I was, I was, heading towards a serious case of burnout just mm-hmm. with the amount of hours I was working. And that was basically seven days a week as well. Cause I had my yeah. regular job for five hours and then I would stream quite a bit, but yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's, well, uh, Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, 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 you're fine. Tell us, tell us more about it. Just, I just want to know about the fun part about this journey. We, you get to this grind, you've been GBL and we, you've been interviewing as a content creator, right? Are you enjoying the battling scene through that time? I would hope so, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I was I was hoping for a lot more in terms of move shakeups for this past season, but yeah, battling is still something that I have a lot of fun in. And I think part of that is because I'm trying to find more, not necessarily top three PV poke options, but trying to find some interesting off-meta stuff. Like I've been having a lot of fun in the Open Great League with, with Chestnut as of late. Nice. So just j- just trying to find stuff that's not necessarily the same cookie cutter teams that people are using, but still trying to have success with it. Yeah, I've been re- I ran Moltres for a little bit. 
Um, cause people swap in uh Noctowl thinking that their bird's thicker and then they don't shield the ancient power. You're like, bye Noctowl. Next. Uh so I love I love that aspect that you get to you're bringing in that spice thought process. Um so then how many times have you hit legend, sir? I've hit legend every season since season three. Although season three was I was cutting it close, man. I was I think so, yeah. Season three, it was the morning of the new season. I used all of my sets, and then on the second to last set, I managed to hit legend. (laughs) Dang. I love that when you get to go through it and you're like, come on, please. I know I have one more set to reset. Uh, that's great. So you hit legend three times. What's your favorite three Pokemon to use when you battle in? Ooh, that is, that is a tough one. I would say that it can depend quite a bit, but in this, in this past ultra fantasy cup meta, I was extremely vibing with iron head berserker. I was running a foul play iron head and then I was running a Giratina origin and Flygon. I was having a lot of fun with that. And then in Open Great League right now, I really like Toxapex, kind of a, a bit filling the role of what Nidoqueen used to do pre-nerf, just because Toxapex, I really like it for its ability to, it can hang with the Flyers very well, just purely based off its massive bulk, and also does a really good job of shutting down the Fighters and Fairies. Yeah. I, it's so thick. It's so beautiful. I'm, I'm enjoying it in Color Cup. And I actually think with this new Ninetales, the Toxapex meta shift could come because it's like having a Bastiodon. And what better to have a Bastiodon now that everybody's playing with it in the Color Cup that it could come out for more um, in the future, especially with the Ninetales. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so those are the three that you like to play with. That's wonderful. I mean, you sp- so then you go basically specifically for round for round. You don't really have like, if a meta comes out then, so then let me ask you this, because it sounds like you and I think the same way. When you get a meta and you see a typing, do you immediately just pick like one Pokemon from each typing that you like go to immediately, whether it's a meta Pokemon or a spice Pokemon. So like, for instance, if water Pokemon showed up, I will go for Caracosta. I'll be like, can Caracosta play? Is Caracosta, <laughs> is that a thing? Can we do this? Cause I think that rock throw surf and body slam is just a fantastic move set on a Pokemon that just needs to be a little thicker. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But you, but do you, do you do that when you see metas? Are there like special, like, do you specifically think of spice Pokemon first? I will more often than not in terms of with trying to identify like useful anti-meta or spice picks, I'll try and figure out what I think is like the uh, big bad meta core and then try and figure out spicier picks that have, have play into both of them. Like, what do you mean? Both of what? Both of the Metacore? Like the yeah, two yeah, Pokemon? like okay. like both of the Pokemon in that Metacore. So trying to figure out what basically the the BBML top number one PV poke line is, so to speak, and then go mm-hmm. from there. Like in this in this current color cup, like obviously Toxapex and Trevenant, and then just trying to find picks that have played into both, whether that's like Shadow Ampharos. Whether that is you go on the spicier end, like Hisui and Arcanine, just trying to find whoa, whoa. more off-meta picks that have have play into both. Because oftentimes, people 
when it comes to team building and strategies, we'll have very specific plans for the meta mons they're seeing, which is good. But sometimes if you throw something anti-meta at them, it can take them a bit to figure out what they want to do. And that slight hesitation the allows me to get a, a bit of a increased energy lead. And that can oftentimes help quite a bit as well, just from people being unprepared for it. <laughs> yeah, that macro play. Absolutely. Huge. Huge. You said it earlier, like the micro in-game plays, huge. Uh, I see you've dived into self as well as GBL. I know we've talked about a lot of the GBL, um, but I see you dived into self as well, being a battler who likes to try all new types of Pokemon. Let me know what your thoughts are. What are your thoughts about Sylph? I don't see a lot of videos of Sylph from you, but what are your thoughts of Sylph? So Sylph is something that I do have have a lot of respect for. I did a lot more of the solo Sylph to start. And this was like way, way back in the in the day. And then mm -hmm. as of the current moment, a lot of my Sylph participation is through factions. Mm -hmm. So I've I've really enjoyed the team-based format of that, being able to like scrim with with teammates. You know, helping teammates with coming up with different strategies for for different metas, and so I was uh, like main participant in our faction for a couple cycles, and then now that like content stuff has has picked up, I'm now more of an alternate. But I'm basically just helping people devise strategies and then helping them practice, helping them scrim, trying to be the opponents. What's the opponent going to do? How can we best counteract that? And go from there. So I would say from that aspect of it, like if you haven't tried still factions, like get a group of people who you genuinely enjoy playing with and make one. Cause the, the, the community aspect of factions is just absolutely unreal. I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, we were actually, our group, our teams were in the same uh, group last season for platinum, but I don't know if you jumped in against us or not. Uh, I I jumped in one week. I was subbing in for Master League because our uh, Master League Spice Lord aficionado Boygos had to take the week off, so I stepped in for Master yeah. League once yeah. last no, cycle. Boygos played, Boygos played against us. We we played you guys last week of the of the cycle, and you guys have a great team. I think you guys advance. You guys now advanced uh, to Platinum Diamond. Congratulations to your team for advancing to Diamond. I believe. Thank you. Yeah, we're. It's it's been very cool to see like we haven't really had a lot of turnover from start till here. We've just kind of worked on stepping up our game and I know a lot of factions can have players coming and going like crazy, but for us it's primarily just the same core group of people going Wonderful. from there and yep. just trying to be the very best that we can be and yeah, it's been Diamond's definitely going to be a heck of a challenge, but oh, we yeah. are definitely excited. With all the new upgrades and drops that came into Diamond, buddy, it's going to be really tough. Um, but you guys have it. You guys had a great a great hold on Platinum, tied for first with 21 points. So congratulations to your team advancing that. And yeah, um, I, I, as a battler and as a content creator from the beginning, from seeing battlers from the beginning of Sylph, Right from season one, watching the solo, because it was mostly solo at that point. A lot of them now just do factions like you. And it's just something that they prefer to do because of that team aspect. The everybody working together, the you're not locked every matchup every week of the round in this tournament. You can just talk with your buddies, shoot, you know, give you some ideas and then, you know, do 
do your matchup, ha- you know, let your team win or lose, feel good about it, and then get out, get on to the next week. Um, so I feel like a lot of battlers nowadays are leaning towards factions, and that's really great that that's what you did here um, with your with your career, uh, with your Sylph career, shall I yeah. say. That real sturdy season two, three Sylph career you got going on there. <laughs> you got regionals. Like, I'm really, like, great job on getting regionals. And I see you brought my boy Caracosta to your invitation. I got I got smoked at regionals. I did, I, I did no prep. My guy. I, I just yeah. said, I want to bring Caracosta. And then I think I also brought Shadow Salamance. I got whooped, but I had fun. <laughs> so, season three regional team. I've got it pulled up right here. Um, <laughs> We've got Caracosta, Rock and Roller. Oh no, sorry, Gigalith. Sorry, the evolved of Rock and Roller. Gigalith. Love it. Was this pre was this right after Community Day? This Does was have- this was pre-com day. Yeah, this is pre-com day. I looked at this Pokemon too, and I really wanted it to work because I'm like, this looks so so awesome. But it's got no moveset to help it out. You got the Altaria. So you got one meta Pokemon. Good for you. Then this is this is the one that gets me, and I I'm just so baffled. Shadow Salamence <laughs> that just blows my mind because as a battler, I know that Shellgon far better than Salamence because it's tankier. It's got better defense. It it can take a hit. It Salamence. Cannot take anything. Salamance can't take a hit. A resisted Hydra almost KOs, but that Shadow no. Dragon Tail damage, no one's, no, no one's, one's trying to deal with that. Yo, yeah, I, I, was, I know what you're talking about because I saw that when Shadow Salamance came out. I was like, oh, Shadow Shellgon's gonna be great with that Dragon Breath. Oh, then sh- like that extra umph damage on Dragon Tail from that Shadow Boost. What was the game plan then? Uh, I'll be honest. I really didn't have one. I just did no no research into the meta. Said I want to run Shadow Salamance, and then got smacked. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. That's Thank a you. that was a valuable lesson to me. Of spice is good, but you should probably figure out what the meta is. And then that was kind of one of the things where I was talking earlier. Where now I try and identify like potential like meta cores and try and mm. find spicier picks to break that. That was in the days when I didn't do that. I just kind of threw spice at a wall and hope it stuck. And I got destroyed, like straight up, I got whooped. So that was part of the the uh, adjustment process to be like, yo, hold on, I should I should maybe do some, like if I want to run something spicy, that's good, but I want to make sure that it has, has play into what I'm expecting a lot of the top picks to be. I I just I applaud your your adventurism, your courage, sir. Like absolutely. Don't listen battlers out there. Don't do this. Do not go into any regional tournament whether it's your self regional invitational or a play pokemon invitational with zero to no research thinking that you're just going to run whatever pokemon you want. Because there's metas for a reason. And that's why people like Home Slice Henry have created content so that you know what Pokemon can do against the metas. So please Absolutely. do your research. Yeah, I uh, remember, I think I think my downfall there was in that meta, there was a lot of Dragon Claw Mew. 
and that was obliterating my sound. Is that Venture Cup? I I'm trying. I think to, it might have been because I was. If this was Venture, I thought season two was Venture Cup, but you could very well be right. This is you're right. It was season three, and now yeah. I'm re- now now as a battler, I'm really gonna tell you all. Do <laughs> your research. <laughs> Mew was li- Mew and uh, Defense Deoxys and Cast Form were the three high staples of that meta. And all three of those carry a rock move. All three of those can, like, nuke anything they want. You've got Mew set. That, oh, my goodness. Oh, Mew set was everywhere, that meta, too. Yeah, that's a, oh. that was an important learning moment for me in my career of, <laughs> hey, spice is fun, but 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 make sure that it's something that, that you have a specific target you're going for. Because if you just throw yeah. spice at a wall, that's an easy way to get smacked. So that, is that was a, a definite good learning moment for me, kind of adapted from there. And now a lot of the time, if I'm running more anti-meta stuff there's typically a goal in mind of a certain pokemon that i'm trying to target or just yeah that kind of stuff where i'm i'm at least putting a lot more thought into it than i did kind of in my much earlier years (laughs) so then we're gonna we're gonna move from the sylph and the battling and stuff like that so you said you've taken a little side step back because you've done more content. So then now you're battling as we're talking about your growth as a battler and what you do when you expect these. Do you do tournaments? Are you looking to do tournaments? And when you make your content, do you have like the actual goal to like push for the win for the legend or is it more for the information out there like yes i lost this matchup because my opponent overcharged so next time battlers recognize this moment so that way you know what to do through that is that your what are those future plays for you So I would say typically legend is something that I more view as over the course of the season, it's going to happen. Like I've, it's not really a main focus. Like it'll happen when it does, but the main thing is I want to go for entertainment value, but also throughout, like I'm running this fun stuff, but I try and provide those educational moments. Like, as you said, like explaining if there's a game where I lose and I make a mistake, I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm going to be like, Hey, even if I won the game, this is a spot where I could have played better, try and explain why. So that way people, even though they're having fun being like, oh my goodness, XL Whalmer, like they can still look at it and then learn some stuff along the way. Cause try and make that learning process of improving as a battler a bit more entertaining. So <laughs> I, it's great that you want to be more entertaining. So you're veering more towards the entertainment aspect of it now. Um, is there new plans then for new development shows or new uh, new video ideas for you that you're working on in the mix now that you're focused more on this? I do have some potential ideas that I've been weighing. Like currently, it'll be it'll be interesting to see because currently there's I'm also doing my time. Unfortunately, is a bit monopolized at the moment as well because i have also started doing coaching so that's so that's a bit 
less of the energy towards developing new stuff is now going towards just more coaching and just I'm a really big believer in making sure that people understand like proper charge move timing, stuff like that. And then obviously counting is a very important part, but specifically that charge move timing aspect of it, I think is extremely important. And that's something that I'm definitely working to add nuggets about in my videos, but also just teach people about through a coaching perspective, because that's something that I don't feel like it's talked about as much, but specifically from a GBL MMR aspect can be a difference of several hundred ELO, just right off the bat, just understanding turn turn durations and when there's different turn durations in what cycle should you throw your charge move to minimize the amount of free energy you're giving to your opponent because mm-hmm. at the end of the day stuff like that at a high level it it will win you games if you know it it will lose you right. games if you don't so being able to learn that and start to get a handle on it and as you practice it it'll get more and more comfortable over time to the point where you It'll just be second nature. And then at that point, you're going to notice a dramatic improvement. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of battlers that <clears throat> a lot of old school battlers, early battlers got to get that because Sylph in those first few months, in that first season of Sylph, every meta was a different attribute of battling that you got to learn about. So like um couple like the second meta or something was like a real focus on safe swaps one meta was like real focus on making sure you were saving your energy like throughout all of these metas you if you watch I, I don't if you watched any of the old videos and stuff like that you kind of saw these like these things and like each meta had a different battling aspect that it kind of opened up and allowed battlers to get better aspects of battling. So I fear like, I feel like we don't have that with the new battlers. So having coaches there to help some of these battlers, cause I get to ACE and I think I'm not trying to like belittle anybody, but I feel like ACE is really easy to get to. If you know your counts, if you just, just do a little bit of understanding how to preserve energy and stuff like that. And sometimes you don't do that without a coach. And it's wonderful to have that kind of help from you out there. And there's other trainers out there as well that do that. Um, because this day, at this day, a lot of the content creators aren't creating coaching aspects of it because the yeah. system isn't new anymore. It's old. So they're creating more you know, this Pokemon's going to get views aspect or this, this is a quick look real quickly, get a view. Cause no one has it up yet aspect. And there's Absolutely. not that much. BTW is actually doing the, um, get good series. If you want to go check that out, there's a video saga that they're working on. Um, and it talks about each video segment talks about counting and stuff like that. Um, which is great for real beginners, for those who trying to understand the aspect of it. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, it, it's an easy once you understand the the energy and the how the mechanics of it work. Easy seven hundred point gain. Yeah, it is. It is a massive improvement. I will say you were mentioning like when the self metas first started, there was a lot that had specific aspects of it. One thing that I really liked about the Ember meta was mm-hmm. it was extremely condensed. Like there yeah. was not, there were definitely like top meta picks that a lot of people were using, but ultimately a lot of Ember felt like even negative matchups were very flippable 
if you were able to manage energy and shield advantage correctly. And so I felt like from that aspect, Ember ended up being a really, really good meta. And then I think that was a factions as well as just an all of Sylph meta. Was that correct? Yes, that was factions of the last cycle three of season two of Sylph for um, that we just had. And Ember actually is a very great nod to old style Sylph, in my opinion, where it was all type based. Um, because in the beginning, Sylph only, we only had types. Like there wasn't, we weren't as calculated into making, breaking down metas as we are now with Ionic Cup. Um, but Ember was really a well-rounded meta. When they added those three normal Pokemon into that, the Snorlax, Greedon, and uh, not Munchlax. What was the other third one? There's another uh, uh, Miltank. When they added those three, it really evened out Ember Cup. No, that was for Nyad. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, that was for Nyad. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting confused. But anyways, they're, they're finding ways to kind of even it out. So... Ember Cup was beautiful cup for a beginner. Like you said, it was condensed. Yes, there were literally four core Pokemon, and that was uh, Polyrath, Quillfish, uh, Charizard, and um, Pilloswine. But battlers were able to reach and find other spicy, like other Pokemon that weren't as top dominant that could factor in and be a part of it. And it was a great nod there. Um, did you try Nayad Cup? Did you look at Nayad Cup? I uh, didn't know. Yeah, I am mainly yeah. just doing factions at this point, but mm -hmm. a couple of my factions teammates did Nayad and and quite enjoyed that that meta. Yeah. It it was a, a the first wave was a really great introduction for Sylph battlers. Uh really nice. So um if you were looking to get back into Sylph, I would have suggested Ember Cup or Nayad, Nayad Cup if you wanted to. But yes, it was a factions, and I like that it was a factions too. This new factions wave is not mixed uh connected with uh, the uh the solo waves. And uh, I had to tell my factions team, like, hey, guys, I, I need a break because I got <laughs> I got to do all this. I got to do my Ionic metas. I got to learn Arcana and Catacombs still. Uh, thank God those are the uh, factions ones. So that's down the line. But yeah, there's a lot of content now coming out for battlers. Do you see yourself dipping into Sylph content anytime soon? It's possible, but I think the main focus is probably just going to be GBL. Like I have shown some factions battles on on stream before, mm. but purely just from a long form video content, I do tend to prefer Go Battle League overall. Um, then that answered one of my questions for you: GBL or Sylph? Uh, show six or Blind Three, sir? Ooh, that is that is interesting. From a Using an anti-meta pick perspective, I like blind threes because it doesn't give people really the ability to prep. But at the same time, show six, like, I like them for, for different reasons. Like, show six, obviously, you can prepare for whatever your opponent's going to bring. So it basically just comes down to trying to read your opponent and devise a strategy that'll be effective from there. So in that way, I do like show six. But I also like the blind three aspect just purely from the surprise aspect of I can run something kind of off meta that my opponent's not prepared for and then use that to my advantage. Oh, I love it. I love it. In the beginning of, of battling, there was a go hub. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Data counter of the meta. So they'd post up a list. They do like PV poke. They'd post up the list of the top 25, but then they also post up the list of the top 25 counters of the meta. And I'd always look at that list and just find like the most random ones on both both pages and then get them to work it was so beautiful um nice. would love to have you out there doing self but i understand gbl there's so much gbl content and you make wonderful pokemon content out there um so my question then to you you said shout casting was a thing um one are you ever gonna would you ever want to join pokey battle networks friday night fights if i do that and love to join us for shout casting would you like to do that yeah, I'm always down for for shoutcasting opportunities because awesome. that that just it is probably what I enjoy the most, like being able to bring that excitement to battling, and then hopefully one day it's kind of unclear how they select shoutcasters for for the NA regionals, but I'd love to be selected for that because that would be an absolute dream come true. Actually, beautiful, great. Thank you for. I was gonna transition us right into there. Would you like to do it as well? Are you looking to be part of NAEU casters? Have you applied? Yeah. So for for NA, unfortunately, it doesn't really seem like there's much of an application process. You just kind of have to hope. <laughs> but, speediest, speediest, please, Caleb. Hello. Yeah, and then, but yeah. So my my hope is that I definitely get picked at some point because I feel like I have a lot to bring to the table in in terms of a battler who's not only can bring the excitement because I feel like that's important, but also someone who's been there. As you mentioned, I think it was like ten time legend hit thirty five hundred last season. So someone mm-hmm. who also knows the game from a meta and also from a mechanical perspective as well. So kind of combining those two aspects of knowledge but also bringing the energy bringing the excitement and trying to elevate an overall broadcast to c- combining good battles with great shout casting just takes it to a whole nother level 
yeah, you got the excitement and the electricity in your voice. So yeah, that's why I was would love to see out there and casting with them as well. Um, so you don't. <laughs> most of my questions are based uh, at the end here, based with uh, Pokemon in mind. But you did you play any VGC after? Now that you've been a part of Go. I actually have not. No, it's you haven't even picked up a switch and done Violet yet. I have not. No, <laughs> oh, my guy, my guy. After being away and getting back into it, I would say go for Violet. Go for it. Like as a as a person, like it's real simple. It's real fun. Simple. Best best field ever. The Pokemon are just like out there. It's so much fun. Um, would you plan on doing it? Maybe at some point. I think for now, my main focus is is still just going to be Go because Go, especially with as we discussed earlier, like getting resources for trying a lot of new stuff and building mm-hmm. new new spice picks, and is a constant grind to try and keep my uh, Stardust count above water. But <laughs> yeah. in the future, it, it's definitely not something that I'm opposed to. Um, excellent. Um, all right, then, since. Uh, since VGC's gaming and old school gaming's out, let's talk metas then. Sounds like you have a little bit of a thing you'd like to talk about with this new meta. Are you upset with how the the way the meta played out with this new change? So is that specifically with the uh, Season of Rising Heroes update? Like we're, we're just talking Season of Rising Heroes. And I, I'll tell you, I'll give you my perspective too. Like I... I'm going to just let you know right now, like I'm okay with the way the meta played out. Yeah. So personally, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't mind. I love hearing people's talk and having a conversation with people about it. So yeah, my, my personal preference is I, I would have liked to see changes specifically targeting the great league meta mm-hmm. because personally I feel like masters is in a pretty nice spot. Masters isn't something that I played a lot up until the last couple seasons. Cause it's been a long time to accumulate those resources, but masters feels like it's in a very good spot where there are meta cores, but you can leverage shield advantage energy lead to flip a lot of unfortunate matchups. So in that regard, masters doesn't feel as RPS as a lot of leagues. And then in ultra with the increased bulk, it feels like there's a lot more flexibility in, in terms of since your mons are surviving for a lot longer, there's more potential chances to save a mon for later, switch out, try and try and desync switch timers, whether that's try and bait in a matchup, grab a shield, land a mm-hmm. nuke, mm-hmm. potentially flip a bad matchup. Whereas in the current Great League meta, it feels like at least among the top 15 to 20 Pokemon, there ends up being a lot of rock paper scissors aspects of it where you end up since the the lantern buff in a bit of a very unfortunate triangle shape here of lantern beating the flyers which beats trevident which beats lantern so in that regard a lot of people find the current great league meta frustrating and so i think potentially having some certain shakeups could have been something that a lot of people would have appreciated from a great league perspective i honestly think ultra and masters are pretty good as is Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people were frustrated by a combination of a blog post littered with myriad spelling mistakes and graphical errors. Oh my God. And then 60% of changes being adding boom burst to mons that can't use boom burst Seriously. reliably is definitely a frustration there because Fairy Wind Whimsicott, I think, is a very nice change. Doesn't make it top meta, but it gives it increased viability, whereas Charm and Razor Leaf didn't really do anything for it. 
And then Surf Jelly at least gives it some additional flexibility, which is nice compared to having to rely on Bubble Beam debuffs. But I feel like it would have been really nice to possibly certain options that 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 could have been done is buffing is tweaking certain electric types because both lantern and flyers are either neutral or super effective to electric so potentially increasing other electric type viability could have been a very interesting change also potentially ice punch diggersby could have been another option to again to again actually Ice Punch Diggersby targets all three. If you have fl- if if you lantern, I, I know, I know. So you're just talking just Ice Punch and Fire Punch Diggersby's. Then we're looking or, at Hypnos all yeah. over again. It's season or, two yeah. Hypno so scare you, uh, all over again. You could run Ice Punch Fire Punch or Ice Punch Earthquake, and then that way you have a mon that up energy or up shields can realistically target to a certain extent the flyers with 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 Ice Punch. You have. On Trevenant, you obviously have Ice Punch, which can hit for super effective in the place of Fire Punch, and the double resist on the Ghost moves, meaning they have to go for three Seed Bombs to KO from full health if you're XL. And then you have the Spark Resist. Obviously, Surf hits for super effective, but you have the Earthquake for Lantern. So just continuing to target what are certain cores that people Mm -hmm. are using, and then adding... You don't necessarily have to nerf everything into Oblivion. I'm a big believer of you can bring up other Pokemon is target things to potentially break apart some of those top cores. Because I imagine like Niantic Labs will have access to usage data. I know they do, in fact, because that's how they do Remix Cups, right? Is mm-hmm. They'll take a look at what people are running, and I feel like if they can take a look at what people are running in cores and look to potentially target those that's a way to keep things fresh and at the end of the day other games that have seasons like for example i mean these are a very much a different kind of game but like an apex or a Fortnite, try and have changes so that metas are adjusted every three months it doesn't have to be everything you built last season is now garbage like I'm not a big, I'm not a big nerf everything to the ground person, but continuing to tweak things to give people different ways to play the game, I think adds a lot of excitement and keeps the player base incentivized to play. Cause that's at, at the end of things, I want to keep the players who are playing and hopefully encourage new players to play. So I think from that aspect, I would have liked to see more changes. It didn't have to be a massive amount, but just, Changing more than they did, I think, could have been very interesting. And 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 even small changes, like let's say if you want to take a look at dramat at like adjusting the move set of something like Heliolisk, a electric normal type. Electric has has play into lantern plus flying normal type. You have the ghost resist, the ice punch diggers beat. A couple things you could have done to provide people new things to try, allow the meta to shake up a bit and see how it evolves from there. That's that was a lot. <laughs> that was good. No, I I agree with what you're saying. Got to shake it up to keep the people coming, coming back. It's absolutely true. I love the fact that they do this um, every four months. Keep us fresh. Keep us on our toes. So it doesn't get stale. Um, this last shakeup, uh, 60%, 60% boom burst. <laughs> what? Why? Why? Like, uh we already were mad. It's like the worst part about it is that we already saw how useless it was with Neuvern. 
Yeah. Like, didn't even, like, you can't even get to it. I I tried using it on a couple of Pokemon. Can't even get to it in Great League. Like, don't even try. It's absolutely meant for Master and Ultra League. Not even on Hakama-O, uh, or Koma-O, which I have. And I was like, let's try it. It's just terrible. Can't even get to it. Um, but I'm okay with, with that. Uh, in the fact that we're like halfway through the season. Yeah, you know, it's the same four Pokemon or the same three dominant, right? The Metacham, the Trevenant, and the G-Fisk, and the Noctowl. We've seen them. And Lantern, let's not lie. Lantern, and then Ninetales. Like, literally those six Pokemon right there. Um, now Ninetales is popping up because of that Shadow and Charmer, and people are finally copying properly how to do the Ninetales Powder Snow. Um, I feel, though... With this meta, we've had a lot of opportunity and a lot of champions come out who are bringing spice, who are bringing the off-meta, one or two type off-meta Pokemon, just like we were talking about with the Ember Cup. It's very condensed meta, but you're still having an opportunity to play with Pokemon outside of that. Like one of the battlers that won two two cycles ago brought in Victini when Victini finally got the quick attack boost. Like that is incredible. We have, uh, I don't think, we had Shadow Charizard now pop up as a thing because people are playing it. So I think, I feel like, yes, we like the shakeup. We want to see the shakeup. But I feel like a lot of the battlers aren't doing what you do, aren't really diving down to see other Pokemon that they can play with. Fish on a Heater almost wiped out everybody with a Lantern and a Charizard. Um, and Dilap just took out everybody with no counter user. And Home Slice Harry, would you agree with me that counter is probably the best fast move in the game? Yeah, counter and Shadow Claw are pretty much 1A, 1B. Right. So I feel like... This meta didn't really need that big of a shakeup. I do feel that Fairy Wind Whimsicott will be played. I feel somebody will be able to like showcase this somehow. It's in the bones. And the Jellicent Surf was definitely a Sylph play to help out the like the Jellicent and Sylph now because now for most of us, you never really cared about using Jellicent ever um, or cared about you know whether or not the Jellicent play because the only thing you had to worry about was the Shadow Ball. And if you were willing to sacrifice your Pokemon and play around it, then Jellicent really didn't give you much play. Now with Surf, it has a lot more play around the ground typing. You can put that bubble out there, put the good pressure onto those G-Fisk, onto those steel typings that are coming out there. So I liked that it wasn't as, um, as you know, crazy changing. I like to take some of the small things and make, you know, make do. Um, but I, I do agree. 60% of boom burst is terrible. Um, <laughs> because you could like, come on, like, even if it was like 60% of the Pokemon got tackle, like, yeah, tackles good. But like, what, what are you doing? Why is, why are you giving most of that? Like, was this a normal meta then? Is that what we're supposed to think? Like, this is, because usually their, their cores change with the typings. Like, oh, we're giving all electric a boost. Or, oh, we're giving all poison a boost. Or, oh, we're giving all fire a boost. Like, everybody got boom bursts. It's, it's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's my spiel. What do you, I, any thoughts on that? 
My thought is, I agree with your points as far as the play Pokemon meta goes, but at least in terms of GBL, I still feel like mm. a bigger shakeup was needed. Like, yeah. play Pokemon is something where that meta may not necessarily be solved, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of Pokemon overlap, but it plays differently to a certain extent, whereas from a GBL aspect, I feel like a lot of it can feel very stale. So from, from that regard, I do feel like every three months having something that people can like multiple different new picks that can target those new cores is something that's needed. Like every three months when that new season hits, give people a reason to be excited, queue up and, and, and play those new battles. Cause currently the current great league meta with the buff of wing attack and the buff of lantern, it ends up being in a very repetitive cycle, so to speak. It ends up being in a little bit of a rock, paper, scissors triangle. So I do think that from a go battle league perspective, a, a bigger shakeup was still needed because play okay. Pokemon meta may not necessarily be solved, but I feel like GBL to a certain extent is. See, and that's where we'll differ because I don't think GBL like you do. And that's why you're a top GBL battler hitting legend all the time. And I'm just comfortable sitting in ace. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my friend, what was your favorite season of GBL? Ooh, that's a very tough one. Hmm. I would say I liked the amount of updates we had in the September of, of 2022 season. Like that one, there was just like that amount of updates mm -hmm. made it extremely fun. That was the lantern one, right? The one we got with lantern. That was where where we had like a hundred changes or whatever, and it was yeah, that's absolutely the quick ridiculous. attack, the tackle. Yeah, it was the one right right before uh, wishful thinking. It was oh man, it started with an M. I uh, started with that, M. Was that magical wishes? I thought magical wishes was the last one. Maybe it was. I I can't remember. To yeah, be <laughs> I can't. I can't either. But I know what you're talking about because I love those ones too. And that was right after the season of G of Play Pokemon came out. Like Play Pokemon had finished Worlds, London was done, and then they gave us this delicious, like seventy Pokemon getting yeah. body slammed, giraffe rigs boosting up with yeah, double kick. It felt fresh. Oh like, yeah! Like like everyone was hyped after the World Cup. Everyone saw what was possible, and then we get that big update, and then everyone was like the the category was popping. Like mm -hmm. from a content creator perspective, and regardless, obviously ah. we aren't we aren't every player, but you can see like I I watch a lot of Go Battle League on Twitch, and mm -hmm. like that season, like I would say specifically this season, we have top creators going live for only variety content and it's week two and to me that shows that like the excitement the hype of a new season that a new season i feel like should bring isn't yeah. there and that's what like we have people like crimson who is a pretty big twitch streamer going live and doing variety instead of playing gbl because gbl just isn't People aren't necessarily, from a GBL perspective, as excited to do 90 days of basically the same Grey League meta. Like The one thing I will give them credit for, I think Ultra Fantasy Cup is one of the best limited metas they've ever had. But from mm -hmm. an open Grey League perspective, I do feel like the ball was dropped, so to speak. Like It feels identical okay. to, to, to the previous season, and 
90 more days of the same meta, I don't think is what people were hoping for because I feel like people felt that that, that meta from a GBL perspective was fairly stale. stale. And, yeah. and unfortunately, Fairywind Whimsicott, I think, is a cool update, but needed five or six more of those. And then people would have been a lot more happy. Like there are things they they could have done to make it interesting that weren't done. And unfortunately, we got the season of Boom Burst. <laughs> <laughs> Rising hero. Boom burst. <laughs> boom or burst. It's definitely a burst. It was a burst. This yeah. It I uh, I uh, tried the boom burst month. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And it just I couldn't. It, yeah. it 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 just hurt my feelings. <laughs> I, I tried in Great League, and I was like, "Cool, the one through five rankings. You can just basically throw anything as long as yeah. you know, like counting and stuff." I couldn't even get to it. Like I couldn't get to it. I couldn't even stay alive to get to the charge move. That's exactly. how bad it was. I was like, and "This that's is trash." Just just why was it ever needed? Yeah, like I, I was excited because like, I was like, "Cool, a, a nuke, a normal nuke, another normal yeah. nuke against the Umbreon, against what seemed like was going to be like greeting and radicates coming up now. These tanky normal Pokemon Snorlaxes, so giving them a boom burst, something that you don't have to use a fighter for, but yeah. you can't get to it. <laughs> yeah, it was the like. It feels like the the rollout of Meteor Beam in the previous season was a uh, terrific update. Like Meteor Beam Aurorus, in, like I don't, I don't know if you've tried it, Sosa. It is so much fun. Changes the meta. Um, yeah, in Great you, League, it, yes, not in Ultra League because I only have a Great League Aurorus. Yeah, in a in a Ultra, I think it was Ultra Holiday Cup. Okay, it was. It was the uh, the meta basically revolved into this really really fun dynamic between. I mean, obviously there were a lot of options that could put in work, but the Ultra Holiday Cup meta. Basically, my view is almost every Ultra League limited meta they've done from a GBL perspective is so good. That might just be because I'm favoring Ultra League a lot more lately. But it, it it ended up being where most everyone had an Aurorus, and it was basically how do you how do you dance Aurorus around the things designed to beat it? Like Verizian, of course. The Verizian Aurorus dynamic ended up being very interesting. Verizian, of course, hitting for double super effective, being able to outpace to the first, but with energy or a boost, Aurorus could flip it. So it ended up just being a very, very fun meta overall and just Aurorus, the, uh, there were entire games where my win con was catch a meet like an Aurorus mirror, fully sacrifice an entire other Pokemon to a meteor beam so that my Aurorus wouldn't have to shield that beam, obviously, and then my Aurorus Ugh. could win. Like it was, it, it's so fun. And I feel like so that was good. attempted with the boom burst, but boom burst just wasn't nearly as good of a move. Whereas, mm. Meteor Beam on Gigalith was terrible because Gigalith was like the worst possible mind you could give it to. But like, I would love to see more what I consider to be bad typings get moves like Meteor Beam. Like, no one's shouting from the rooftops about the defensive prowess of Rock, and like Ice Rock from a defensive perspective is pretty atrocious. But you can give a move like Meteor Beam to Aurorus and have it where even despite that typing that really isn't the best, it can just. I I would love to see more moves like that, even if it's like a bug type meteor beam or something. Like, give those typings that are severely underrepresented due to how mm. honestly poor they are into a lot of the current meta, and just 
you can give to, in my view, you can give typings like that really good moves because they kind of need the help, so to speak. Like there's at least well, there's Megahorn. There's Megahorn for bug typing. There is. And, and every typing does have um, a good normal was the only one that really didn't. Normal's the only good thing that they had was last resort. After that, there was nothing. It was like fast moves. Boom burst was actually is actually the first normal nuke that we've got. But everybody else has a good nuke. Steel has flash cannon. Um, Crown has earthquake. Poison has sludge wave. Shadow ball is godly. Uh, <laughs> although, meteor beam. although, although, ghost typing is pretty good as is. I mean, like, come on. If yeah. we, yeah, if we take a look at. Just trying to identify, like, it does have Megahorn, but even so, you don't really see Megahorn Pokemon impacting the current meta. Like, we saw it in, in the Walrein Trevenant meta, and I think it was Last Chance Qualifiers and at Worlds, Samurai. we saw, yeah, Stone Collection with Samurott, and that mm -hmm. was a really cool addition where... For all the people who were strongly disliking the Walrein Trevenant meta, I find myself liking it more... Because that meta felt like with baiting, with energy, with shields, you could flip yourself out of losing matchups. Whereas to me currently, in the Noctowl, Trevenant, Lantern, they they counter each other so severely that it often ends up feeling like even with shield advantage, like even if you have two shields on your Lantern to one on Trevenant, you're not really flipping that. Same with if you have a shield advantage Trev into a full health Owl, you're not really flipping that. And I feel like that's having a more flexible picks is something that I think a lot of feels is missing to a certain aspect because the extreme generalists have now been checked either by move updates, like the the move updates to the Wall Rain and the Nido Queen. And then Lickitung, of course, we saw a bit of a resurgence in it in the most recent meta, but Lickitung is, of course, very severely checked by Noctowl. And yeah. so a lot of those, and Sableye also ends up being decently checked by Noctowl. We have seen a bit of an increase in Shadow Sableye, which has been a bit of an interesting development. But love it. a lot of those... Using new, new, that uh, yeah. power and gem I, for it. Yeah. Oh, and, love that idea. And then the fact that, I mean, it's IV dependent, but double foul play from, from a shadow can actually KO the owl, whereas for the regular, you need a shadow plus return. So it ends mm. up being a lot fewer turns to get to. But it's something where we don't really have a good generalist at the moment. And I think having a meta where, from, from a meta building perspective, as far as OGL goes, working towards trying to find a meta where there are a couple generalists, I feel like that can be quite nice. Like from a, even if we talk about Nyad perspective, something like Tackle Miltank ended up being a very nice general. Like there were some generalists in that meta where even in a not great matchup, they can still apply a lot of pressure, put in a lot of work, and I don't feel like we see that as much in the current meta. It, it feels like we see a lot of harsh matchups where it comes down a lot more to, at least in a show six aspect, line reading, which is a skill, but as far as GBL goes, it ends up feeling more rock, paper, scissors, and that ends up leading to a lot of frustration. So I think that's the distinction where this meta can work from a show six perspective, but from a blind three perspective, it, it ends up leading to a lot more frustration or you end up having to resort to some 
which I can do because it's something that I tend to look for anyway, tend to look for a lot more anti-meta picks. But for a lot of people, they end up getting very frustrated running what should, in theory, be the top mons, but they end up in a very unfortunate rock, paper, scissors cycle. The thought process, the different thought process between us blows my mind. The way you think. Because when you think of battles, it's all through the GBL aspect mm-hmm. of the blind three. And I I don't ever think like that because I grew up on show six. Like I yeah. trained on show six. So like, you know, you're talking like as a GBL, I can understand it's stale. And that's why I don't like playing GBL sometimes. Yeah. But then also I'm not like really banking to go do build ultra league Pokemon or master league Pokemon. So that's just my own, my own downfall. Um, but as a Sylph battler, you know, and as a line reader, the skill of that is great. And I thought that Trevenant Walrein meta was fine. And I understand what you're saying now as a generalist when you say that. And for the audience members out there, will you let everybody know what a generalist means when you say generalist Pokemon? So generalist typically means something that is very flexible, where that even in its bad matchups with an energy lead or with a shield advantage can flip those matchups. Like let's say in the pre-Noctowl meta, Lickitung was a very strong generalist because even if someone brought in, let's say, the top fighter like, like, like Metacham, fighter normally counters normal Lickitung has a lot of play there. And then Walrein was a very good generalist because even if you switched in something like a Metacham into a Shadow Walrein, Walrein could make it very close to the point where Metacham would have to throw energy. So there were certain certain Pokemon, and then Sableye still is a pretty decent generalist to, like, for example, where Sableye with energy can even have play. If you get your baits right or land a return, it can even flip a Zoomerill, which is a type of disadvantage. But Sableye is very effectively checked by Noctowl, whereas Noctowl knows if you switch in fast enough and you go double sky attack, you can always win the zeros there. And it's very comfortable because you'll get to your double sky attack in in 24 turns, whereas they're going to need a foul play plus a return. So as long as you aren't very, very slow on your switch in, you can always win zeros. So it ends up making it less effective of a safe switch in terms of it ends up discouraging balanced lines a lot, where typically in, in team building, there's, your ABB style teams where you have a safe switch designed to bait out your opponent's best response to your closer. And then you're trying to get shield advantage or an energy lead for your closer metas like this end up discouraging balance lines because balance lines are typically where you'll have a core, which is two Pokemon that complement each other very well. I'm, Obviously, Sosa knows this. I'm just explaining it in case there's listeners who may not be familiar with it. Yeah, but and that's that's what beginner to winner is to help the beginners as well who yeah. don't know what a generalist Pokemon is because that is a very key thing. And that for a lot of us, people might be hearing you and everybody talk about how upsetting this meta shift is. So understanding what a generalist Pokemon is and yeah. having you describe it to them helps us. You know how us us as trainers understand and understand like why maybe next time we see 60 percent of a boom burst that gbl might be stale yeah because gbl ends up like show six ends up being very different because line reading ends up being something that's skill-based a lot of the time trying to read your opponent identify what are they likely to bring go on that in a blind three format, it, it ends up 
if you kill the generalists and then this move up, they didn't add any generalists. It ends up being where basically outside of running a line where you're just hoping to win the lead, which some, some people do in terms of strategy, it kind of kills the ABC style, which is you have a core pairing. So your A and your C that complement each other's weaknesses very well. And then you have a generalist as your safe switch so that if you lose the lead, you are then going to send in your generalist and fight for switch. Because if you can get good alignment for your core that covers each other's weaknesses, odds are you're going to do pretty well. But in a meta where the previous generalists all now either have been nerfed or have a, a check that makes them a lot less of a generalist, it de-incentivizes ABC-style play. So you basically end up with a lot of people attempting to ABB each other. And that can be like, let's say, if, if you talk about one of the most famous ABB styles, Bastiodon plus two grass types. If that's your ABB and then someone else is running, Metacham plus double flyer, Metacham double flyer, obviously going to RPS the, like going to be very, just basically Mon for Mon counter the Bastiodon double grass. But then you have someone trying Pelipper double steel as their ABB, and Pelipper Double Steel, presumably another ABB team, going to hard counter the Metacham Double Flyer. <laughs> so you you end up being where a lot of games end up not necessarily being decided on skill. I mean, some games still are, but I find an increasing portion of them, if you're running those top mons, end up relying more on just... It feels like more luck of the draw, and that's very frustrating from an aspect of players would rather... A, at least in a blind three format, there'd be more flexible Pokemon mm -hmm. so that games feel like they're more decided on skill and decision-making instead of just luck of the draw. So I think that's... Hopefully I'm communicating as best as I can why a lot you of are. GBL players were very, very verbally upset with those updates is it, it was a very frustrating meta in this past season... And the changes or lack thereof didn't really do anything to address it. So from a GBL perspective, which presumably I would imagine in the long run of things, as far as game longevity goes, they're going to run out of Pokemon to release at some point. Like we we are rapidly catching up with the main series. So brother, I would not, have we're, we're not, brother. That we're only on Gen 6. I think we only have Gen 6 starters. They're like now slow down and they're gonna do they're doing like every tour of generations. Like think about it, we're on gen three generation on the tours. They're gonna like pop them out. Like we got four more gens before we're even in Alola. So four more years. Like where are you gonna be in 2027 for the Alola tour? <laughs> my but 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 my thing. I, I, I know what you're saying. 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 Yeah, is at the end of it, I I imagine Battle League has to be part of their long-term plans like it's oh, been added yeah. to to the world championships like it seems like something they're invested in and when it comes to getting new faces into these tournaments i mean obviously in game doesn't have a show six format but in terms of honing people's battle skills it feels like the most logical way to do that is through go battle league but if you're not providing Updates are necessarily listening to community feedback. Something that I worry is that a lot of battlers who are passionate about it, if they don't feel like that passion is being met, may just dramatically reduce the amount they battle or just stop altogether. And we have seen some people, especially content creators, leaving the scene due to frustrations over lack of updates. Yeah. And so that's something that 
does have me a bit worried for the long-term success is from a show six perspective, the meta may work, but what's your funnel to get people into that show six into those tournaments? It's go battle league. That's the app that people play it through. Like if, if people at this past world championships see Emmy Weedle and dancing Rob win and they're like, this looks cool. I want to try it. What are they going to do? They're going to open their app. They're they're going to click on that Pokeball button, and they're going to hit battle. And they're going to end up in a blind three format. So I think from a game planning perspective, ensuring that the meta works not just for show six, but for blind threes as well is important to the long-term health and viability of show six, which feels somewhat counterintuitive. But at the same time, I feel like it's important because Mm -hmm. you, you need to have players in that funnel if you want tournaments to be full of people. And I think that's the way to do that is making sure that the aspect of it that gets people into the game is still enjoyable. And I think that's where that's where my criticism of Niantic with this update falls. I agree. I agree. Like everybody got into the game during the pandemic pre GBL. Like, and that wasn't like GBL was not supposed to be this 25 set thing that you just always get. It was supposed to be five battles and he had to walk five miles to get another five battles. Um, so like that is what GBL was. But once everybody, once they unlocked it and it became this like everyday thing, you know that this is the, where people are getting the exposure from. So they do watch that. You're absolutely right. And I have to ask you then, how would you feel about a ranked and unranked system? So like instead, you know how they have like you can either do color cup or GBL. If you just added a unweighted uh, GBL um, button so that you can go and take a team in practice. How would you feel about that? I think that could be an interesting addition. Honestly, if they did something like that, in addition to the five sets, I wouldn't hate if like a practice mode had a play five battles and then walk a kilometer and then you can play five more in a practice sense. In a GBL sense, I don't think they can ever bring it back, but in terms of like extra sets, I don't think that's a bad idea because it's clear their incentive is they're trying to get people outside. And that fair, fair enough. But I do still think that from a gameplay perspective, ensuring that the base game that mm-hmm. funnels into play Pokemon is still enjoyable in a great league aspect is just so important. And I feel like that's why we saw basically just, I, I would describe it as an uproar when those updates were announced because oh people God, yeah. just didn't feel like their voices were being heard, so to speak. And they don't even really know where to send that criticism because it's not like there's a, Hey, do you want to give some feedback on the GBL meta? There's not really like a button to do that. So people just go to Twitter and get frustrated because there is, they don't really feel like there's a great place other than adding Niantic support, who is probably just some like 23 year old in their first job. Who's like, bro, I don't make these decisions. Why are you yelling at me? I just got it here today. Exactly. I just, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined, man. Like, I don't know what you want from me. My name is Derek. This is my first job, and I make none of these decisions. Like, but it just doesn't feel like there's. So I think that's why we saw a lot of upset. But my hope is that Niantic will. I hope that what I've said today was communicated in a way that kind of makes sense as to why people were upset. Mm. Because from from a play Pokemon perspective, I think the meta is fine. 
personally. Yeah. Some may disagree. I think all of the not quite secrets of the meta, but like how to play the meta has yet to be solved, which is cool. Oh, yeah. but, but but I think from a blind three aspect, it is. And it's very triangle-shaped in nature. And so if you end up running a lot of the common stuff, you'll end up being very, very frustrated. Yeah. Just because of that, those lack of generalists, which yeah. de-incentivizes one of the most common team-building strategies. So I think if adjustments are made every three months, specifically to kind of target either getting a generalist back or targeting if there's like an overpowering meta core, something that can help combat that. Like as we mentioned, Ice Punch Diggersby has play into all three of those. That could then become a, a, a very interesting generalist as Pokemon where does it have counters? Of course it does. Like Ice Punch Diggersby is still going to get smacked around by something like a Swampert, but it it at least has play into a lot of what ends up being perceived as an issue with the meta. Yeah. So I think just taking the time to target that will be could end up, you know, working out very nicely for Niantic in the long run, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yes. Let's hope that they listen to us and understand this as well. And maybe, maybe they don't understand that they're not putting the generalist out there and so that this helps them understand that. Yeah. Um, sir, we talked about meta for a good di- bit here. Um, what are your future plans for Home Slice Henry? Future plans? I would, I would love to be able to down the road be able to shoutcast one of the play Pokemon tournaments. That would be an absolute dream come true. So that's something that I'm hoping I, however that's decided, I get picked at some point, and then from there it's just con- continuing to try and. Show people there's multiple ways to play the game and also just advocate for the people who play the game. Like I'm not sponsored by Niantic. I don't have any connection with them, but just try and use my platform to inspire people and show people how, how they can get better at the game. Cause it's something that I was, I was pretty trash when I started and now I think I'm at least pretty decent. And then also just can, continuing to advocate for what I believe would, would be a better path for Niantic to take with regards to go battle league and updates. Cause I think having those regular every three month updates with the season is something that's important to keeping things fresh and mm. keeping people, entertained and invested in the blind three format because that's what outside of tournaments like that's what people are doing like mm-hmm. people are playing go battle league and so you want to have it where it's an enjoyable thing instead of like oh boy i can't wait to do the same thing i've done for like five or six months <laughs> are you uh are you trying to do in-person tournaments or going out to your in-person tournaments in your community i haven't yet i'm still kind of holding my preference would be to be at them as like a commentator i feel like that's where i could achieve the most in terms of like come to to arizona come to arizona i'll have you come i'll i'll cast with you come on out my friend We'll do a live. I'll host a live tournament with you. We'll cast it out. I'd love to do that with you. All right. Well, I have to uh, chat in DMs about that one schedule wise. Yeah, but that yeah. sounds fun. That sounds yeah. fun. But yeah, no, that's that's. It'd be great like, to have you out. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun. So I've been the uh, events I've gone to have been the Seattle Go Fest and the Vegas Hoenn Tour. So I haven't gone to like a regional yet. Okay. Because I'm still kind of like 
competing is something that I could do, but it's something where I feel like in terms of like continuing to push the scene forward, I feel like I can have the maximum impact there as a caster. Cause I feel like I can, I, I can bring that combination of excitement and game knowledge and really just help try and if I get that opportunity, try and elevate the game and, and the scene as, as much as I'm possibly able to. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck out there. Uh, and hopefully one day you and I are sitting at the table together casting those those battles out. But hopefully you do get to be on the table for yourself because you have been working so hard over the many years here and providing people content through the pandemic, uh, which is huge too because not for nothing, a lot of people were in a negative area. So they definitely picked up the game. But the fact that you were able to spit content out and help us go through it and see different types of Pokemon and get this viewership and help the community kind of stick with the game has just been absolutely amazing and a great achievement here. So thank you, sir, for all your hard work. If you don't I don't know if you don't feel appreciated. Hopefully you do. If not, we really appreciate all that you do um, for the community and making these amazing footage videos. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. That's incredibly kind of you. No, it's incredibly kind of you to be doing this for the community that like, I mean, like you said, you're not even sponsored by Niantic and it's every day, at least two or three, like real quickly. Is it just like, eh, I just had some extra content. Here's two videos today. Eh. Because like some days, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Because like some days, I'm like, I was going through, and I'm like, oh my god, I've got to like 40 videos, and it's only been like three weeks, and then I'll <laughs> go through a little more, and it's like, wait a minute, I've got, it's been like 20 videos, and I've like gone through almost a year. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's great, and it just shows your dedication and your passion, and it's wonderful that you're able to take um, this and make it your full time. Um, so please keep doing that, and I. Do wish you the best on getting up there because energy and electricity is absolutely needed on that stage all the time. Uh, the casters are doing a great job with it too, uh, but it's always nice to have fresh new blood up there giving some electrifying commentation, especially hey, when you know that. what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest though picking up a game, maybe a VGC game. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, or the cards, um, Pokemon is, you know, one of those organizations that's probably going to quiz you on all three of the things in order to be a part of the one. Um, do you play Unite or do you have you tried Unite on your phone? I, I tried it for a couple games, but I didn't get too into it. Yeah. Um, well, sir, Home Slice Henry, is there anything you'd like to say out there to the audience before we end this lovely interview? Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, just thank you so much for having me. I uh, definitely appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking this time um, to be a part of this. And um, thank you again. I know I just fangirled all over you earlier. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, thank you. And for all those who you have helped, congratulations on being so dominant in your amazing stream. Keep up the amazing work. And I can't wait for the next XL Pokemon to come out. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for having me.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.